Welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. I'm Michael Grimm. Honored to be back in for the great Greg Kelly tonight. Now, are Republicans finally waking up and doing something that their constituents have been screaming about? Are they finally calling out the Democrats and putting their hypocrisy to the test? Well, it seems that it may actually be happening. And I can tell you, as someone who has been yelling at the TV and, and my cell phone, it's about time. Thanks to House Speaker Mike Johnson literally blowing up the deal, we will not be getting that abomination of a border bill that some Senate Republicans tried to pass off. A bill that was literally stuffed to the gills with more money going overseas than to our own southern border, along with many other poison pills. Instead, the Democrats are staring down the barrel of a clean funding bill for our closest and most important ally in the Middle East, Israel. Of course, you know, taking to the fake news to try to convince the American people that it's Republicans playing a game and turning our backs on our allies. Them playing games and their sinister political ploy of stripping uh, aid to Israel away from uh, aid to Ukraine and aid to uh, for humanitarian assistance to Gaza. And in a desperate effort to just sink the whole package, they've now separated out uh, Israel. But of course, President Biden has said he will veto that sinister political maneuver. Yeah, political ploy. You know, for the first time in a long time, Democrats will have to show their true colors with their actual vote. Sure, we've been watching the hypocrisy in, in full form for a long time, but they all too often avoid taking an actual vote on anything. They hide away, you know, behind the establishment media that's all too happy to provide them cover. But today, the House GOP is turning the tables and calling out their hypocrisy. We're sending the president, don't lose this fact, exactly what he asked for. And he's saying he's going to veto that? Israel is our closest ally and friend in the Middle East and one of our closest in history. Our nations are inextricably linked because of our joint Judeo-Christian heritage and our traditions and the great love that we have for our friends and allies there. And it is outrageous and shameful that the President of the United States would suggest that he would veto support for them in their hour of greatest need. Israel is fighting for their right to exist as a nation. And the President of the United States wants to play games with us? I don't think so. I don't think the American people are going to go along with that. We know Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell, they're surely going to get a lot of airtime on the usual cast of characters networks. They'll be whining and blaming Trump and, you know, of course, the MAGA Republicans. It's all par for the course. Just today in a speech, Joe Biden put his own hypocrisy on full display. Folks, we've got to move past this toxic politics. It's time to stop playing games with the world waiting and watching. But the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine. It's another step forward today. Republicans held Democrats' feet to the fire, forcing them to take a vote on the utter incompetence of Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and his, his open border betrayal. I don't know what else you would call it. It's betrayal. Even though Mayorkas survived in a 216 to 214 vote, it forced Democrats to show where they stand and to defend their vote. If they want to ignore the crisis at the border, continue supporting Mayorkas' illegal efforts that result, by the way, in millions of unvetted, untracked, mostly uh, military-aged males, they're invading our country literally coast to coast, then make them say it with a vote. I call this smart politics, sound policy, and long overdue. And the same administration that has refused to enforce our current border laws 
is rolling out to illegal immigrants this welcome mat, saying, come on in. Everybody can see what's happening here. Nothing less than American sovereignty is at stake. Our nation's sovereignty is what is at stake. This transcends politics. It transcends your political party. Everybody should understand that this is a fundamental responsibility of the federal government to secure the border. If you don't have a secure border, you don't have safety, you don't have security, and you don't have sovereignty. You know, I, for one, still can't believe it because when I was a member of Congress, I was consistently and routinely angered, frustrated with the lack of resolve to force up and down votes on singular issue bills. Speaker Boehner at the time, he just wouldn't do it. I remember being barraged with questions when constituents, uh, you know, came up to me when I returned from a weekend coming from, you know, D.C. back to my district. And truthfully, I didn't have any answers to give them. Frankly, I was embarrassed because it just didn't seem it didn't seem logical. I didn't know what to tell them. If Democrats want to balk at funding for Israel and provide de facto support for terrorists like Hamas and, and, and they're working in tandem with the Houthis and Hezbollah, you know, they're trying to kill more American troops and prevent international shipping, then let them defend their vote. The beauty of a clean bill and an up or down vote is that there is, is nothing to hide behind. There's no poison pills to blame. There's no, there's no ancillary issues to cry about. And there's nowhere to hide your hypocrisy. You know, today, despite losing the vote to impeach Mayorkas, it's a win for the bigger picture for democracy, a win for transparency, and most importantly, a win for the American people who are far too often left holding the bag and forgotten. It's a victory for regular order over backroom Senate deals. Today epitomizes why Donald Trump is so important to the future of the Republican Party, why it is, in fact, a movement, and that the idea of bold leadership is not some trite talking point or platitude. Donald Trump inspires boldness and unabashedly calls out the hypocrisy of the Democrats without fears or consternation. The power of weaponry is so devastating today. And we're playing with a guy can't put two sentences together. This is the guy. What happens if he gets back in for four more years? I think the country's finished. I didn't. In what regard? Uh, I think it's not going to be able to function. I think it's look at even things like supply chains. Things we never even heard about. You never heard that term. Everything worked under me. It all worked. Yeah, it is about time everyone starts to follow his read. Our country's literally circling the drain. It's a soft invasion of millions of illegal migrants. Massive inflation. Two different proxy wars. Failing schools. And I can't listen. The list goes on and on. And I'm going to ask you, if not now, when? It's times like these that leadership is needed more than ever. With all the challenges we faced, we need a strident, deliberate commander-in-chief with a solid, loyal, and competent team to turn this country around. Frankly, I haven't been very optimistic about the team of legislators to support President Trump if he does, in fact, become our next president. I am very hopeful that he will. But today, I'm feeling a little better. The House GOP, they didn't shy away from the establishment media's attempt to malign their goals. What does impeaching Secretary Mayorkas have to do with fixing the challenges at the border? The answer is absolutely nothing. This is a partisan political stunt. It was all about politics, and Republicans were happy to go along with him. Politics is impeaching Secretary Mayorkas. Impeachment is a political stunt, so let me just come out and say it. They're abusing impeachment. They know that 
Mayorkas has done nothing to be impeached. They know that. This is a political stunt. Yeah, political stunt. The House GOP stood strong in their attempt to hold the swamp accountable. And I believe the future is bright with some strong Republicans finally leading the way. And one of the star Congress members who makes me hopeful for Trump's return to the White House joins us now. Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida. Congressman, welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. It's great to see you. But Congressman, let me ask you this. Your reaction to the vote tonight, very close. Uh, four of your Republican colleagues voted nay to impeachment. What happened? Well, um, look, here's let me just cut straight. Uh, you have three of our colleagues that that were definitely no. That's uh, Mike Gallagher, Ken Buck, and uh, Tom McClintock. I believe Greg Murphy changed his vote to no for a procedural move in order to reconsider the impeachment resolution, which we're going to uh, reconsider, I believe, over the next couple of days. Look, at the end of the day, uh, we had a couple members who just didn't feel that uh, they should have voted to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. I disagree. Alejandro Mayorkas has lied to Congress, he has lied to the American people, and he is on purpose not executing the laws of this land to secure the nation. And so if somebody's not doing their job, and let me put it this way, if they're doing the exact opposite of what their job is supposed to be about, that person should be removed from that job. Doesn't matter if you're at the at the at the local corner store or the local bank. Doesn't matter if you're a school teacher, and it definitely shouldn't matter if you're the Secretary of Homeland Security, because the nation is not secure. That is his job. He has failed at 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 it, and he willfully is not following the law. So I believe he deserves to be impeached, and I believe we're going to bring that resolution back, and it will pass. Yeah, Congressman, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I I do believe he perjured himself in front of Congress. More than once. I mean, he he's over and over again saying the border is secure. The border is secure. Well, then what what the heck is going on here? But I want to shift a little bit because uh, it seems like the Senate border bill has safely been killed. I mean, this is what President Biden said about it earlier today. This bipartisan bill is a win for America because it makes important fixes to our broken immigration system. And it's the toughest, fairest law that's ever been proposed relative to the border. Now, it doesn't address everything I'd like uh, that I wanted. The reforms in this bill are essential for making our border more orderly, more humane and more secure. So, Congressman, you know, I, I, I got I'm, I'm not being facetious here, but what can you do when you have a president that's firmly in denial and seems delusional on what needs to be done to solve this crisis? Or is this just all pandering because he wants an open border anyway? Well, let me put it this way. It wasn't even, it's not delusion. Joe Biden is gaslighting the American people. That's exactly what he was doing in that speech today. Uh, and then, by the way, half the time, you can't really understand what he's saying. The border is not secure. Everybody knows this. And it's been a disaster. He can change it tomorrow. He can reverse all of the policies that he put into place when he became president of the United States. But he won't do it because of the radical elements in his party who have been wanting an open border in the United States for decades. They finally got what they wanted, and then a crazy thing happened. The American people saw the results, and they do not like the results. And so now he's stuck politically. Joe Biden said uh, that everybody needs to stop playing politics and come together. But the truth of the matter is the only person playing politics 
is Joe Biden and the Democrats. Because Republicans, independents, Democrats, whether you're in a blue city or a red city, blue state or red state, they want the border secured. But the but the radicals on, on in Washington and on Capitol Hill and in the White House, they want an open border. This bill was a terrible bill. It was only to help them save face, not to fix the problem that Joe Biden created. Yeah, it was going to allow two million a year in, uh, and then they still wouldn't have closed it because I don't, I don't trust them anyway. But this, let me just shift for it. Lastly, we have about a minute left. Despite all the sure. attacks against him, President Trump is still polling stronger than ever. A new poll shows Trump at forty-seven percent to Joe Biden at forty-two. Nikki Haley still in the race. Nevada, you know, voting this week. South Carolina primary on Super Tuesday are just, you know, a short few weeks away. Are we looking at a Joe Biden? Donald Trump rematch in November? No, we absolutely are. I mean, look, the only reason why Nikki Haley's in the race at this point is because a lot of the mega donors want to give her money. Um, she's going to lose. We all know that. It's going to be Donald Trump. It's going to be Joe versus Joe Biden. And quite frankly, it's going to be the Pepsi taste challenge for the United States of America. Every American is going to have one choice in front of them. Who did a better job? And it is without question, Donald Trump did a significantly better job as president of the United States and commander in chief. And my hope is that Americans, whether you're an independent voter, Democrat voter, you, you get away from these, these caricatures, this gaslighting by the media, the deception that always comes with so much journalism, and just look at the facts on the ground, look at your own life and make a decision that Donald Trump needs to be back in the White House. Couldn't have said it better myself, Congressman Byron Donalds. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. And coming up, immunity denied. President Trump's appeal rejected by the D.C. Circuit. No presidential immunity in one of the sham cases against him. What's next in this legal plight of his? We're going to be talking about that with our legal expert panel right after the break. Whenever news breaks. What you see behind me is the aftermath of that attack. We're in the helicopter with the member and women with the Texas Department. This is going to be Trump's first time back in South Carolina. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed Bill SB 524. And wherever it happens. Many citizens in France are saying enough is enough. Locally in Virginia, education very much came into play there. But inflation reached a 40-year high. Newsmax is there for you. Now, an expected rejection, the D.C. Circuit has rebuffed Trump's claim of presidential immunity in a 2020 election case. This comes in a decision that was released in a 57-page opinion. Trump is still expected to attend a monumental hearing this week at the U.S. Supreme Court to determine if he will be removed from the Colorado ballot. Lots to unpack here with the panel. Trump attorney Jesse Benal and spokeswoman for Trump Liz Harrington. Welcome to both of you. Appreciate you being on tonight. Good evening. All right, Jesse, let's jump in. Take a look at this uh, coming from the court opinion. Former President Trump has become Citizen Trump with all of the defenses of any other criminal defendant. Citizen Trump, they keep showing complete lack of respect for him. And, and it's just I think it's just going too far at this point. It's, it should be obvious the bias that they have for this man. Well, I, I think that's that's very fair. That's very true. And I think the important thing here to remember is that um, 
we've never seen such a politicized special counsel's office as Jack Smith's office. This is someone who is absolutely bound and determined to get this case to trial before the November election to go exactly to the exact opposite thing that the Department of Justice normally does. Normally, the Department of Justice bends over backwards to avoid um, uh, really messing around in politics, trying to affect presidential elections. That is exactly what Jack Smith is trying to do in this case. He is trying to interfere in the 2024 presidential election by doing everything he can to prosecute and convict the, uh, the likely Republican nominee for president, the front runner um, for the presidency at this point. Um, because he is he is so very partisan, and we also you know right now have a real uh, crisis in this country um, when it comes to this lawfare, especially against Donald Trump and uh, and his supporters. And we need to have some very serious judicial reform uh, uh, once President Trump is is uh, in office again. Yeah, before the American people lose complete faith in the justice system, uh, Liz, we already knew that the Democrats' motive, uh, you know. But but it's it's just it's, to me it seems like it's just going too far, and, and Trump could soon face over four hundred million in legal penalties. I mean, is there an end in sight to this? Well, there there is, and we will get victory over this. This is out of control lawlessness. Jesse is absolutely right. They are trying to interfere in every which way because, as that ruling that you just quoted makes very clear, they don't like our constitution. Referring to President Trump as a citizen, he is the highest elected official in the land. He was acting in his official office of the highest elected official, the president. That is what he was doing on behalf of the American people to look into issues that he had an obligation and a oath to do so. It was his job to make sure our elections are free and fair. So they've got our entire system upside down. It is totally banana republic territory. Yep. The lawlessness abounds with these uh, fake rulings. They will be overturned and we will win. And President Trump will return to the White House after November. Well, I heard hopefully I, I really do hope that you're right, because it is becoming a banana republic. Uh, Jesse, let me ask you, I mean, Obviously, this is exactly what the Democrats wanted. I mean, they're steering the conversation away from the real problems that we had just been speaking about in, in America, everything from, you know, the border to, to inflation and so on. Instead, we're talking about sham legal trials. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think the good news is the American people aren't falling for it. The American people see right through this and know that this is... Um, you know, an attack on Donald Trump because they want to beat him in the courtroom because they can't beat him at the ballot box. And I think it's motivating the American people like we've never seen before um, that if they want to have their voices heard, they need to, to get out and they need to support Donald Trump because if they can do this to Donald Trump, they can do this to any of us. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Liz, maybe you could follow up on that. I think one of the points that um, President Trump has made very, very well is that they're coming after him, but they're really coming after us. I mean, and you've seen this. They're trying to send the message to every supporter out there. If you don't fall in line, they're coming after you next. Absolutely. President Trump is standing in the way. And this is why they fear him so much. This is why they've gone after him in all of these crazy biased jurisdictions, trying to arrest him falsely, trying to take him off the ballot, because they fear the people. President Trump 
is a vessel for the American people to restore our great country and make it great again. And that is what they're so afraid of. They don't realize that President Trump is just one of so many millions more who want this country to be great. It's that simple. And if they think that they can intimidate everyone else, it's not going to work. Every single day that these injustices continue, more and more Americans are waking up. They're yes, they recognizing are. what their power is. And there's going to be a rude awakening in the next few months and in November because the American people are taking their power back. Yes, they are. Well, we got to leave it there. Liz and Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And migrants continue to overwhelm and overrun New York City, with some endangering, even attacking police officers. Real leadership is lacking, and we will discuss this ongoing crisis after the break. Illegal migrants, they continue to cause crime and chaos nationwide. They're not facing any consequences. Just days ago, a group of migrants launched a violent attack on New York City police officers. You know who came to their rescue and bailed these criminals out of jail? None other than Manhattan's woke district attorney, Alvin Bragg. Democrat-run cities like New York and others continue to be overrun by migrants with, no, there's no proper solution to put an end to this madness. And, and it, all does, it doesn't help that we have absolutely no leadership that pr prioritizes anything other than social justice causes over the quality of citizens who live, work, and, you know, pay actual taxes. There's no priorities anymore. The citizens are underneath the non-citizens. Well, let's bring in my friend and former NYPD Commissioner Bertie Carrick to speak on this ongoing crisis. Commissioner, it's always good to see you. I want to dive right in, though, Commissioner. New York City seems to be sending out, uh, you know, flashing messages that it's no big deal to beat up New York's finest. I mean, D.A. Alvin Bragg, he's allowing these criminals to walk out without any bail. I mean, how can we... How are we going to get a handle on this, considering that we have a completely woke city council? Then, listen, not, not only does he let them go, he doesn't have the courage to stand up and explain why. Um, you know, and I blame a number of people, Mike. Uh, one, number one priority, uh, the governor. The governor has allowed uh, these bail reform laws to stay in place. Um, she's not calling for accountability. Although she'll call for accountability, but she won't do anything to help with the accountability issue. She's allowing Alvin Bragg to stay in place. Um, you have a city council that is a radical leftist group for the most part, for the most part, who basically want to let all these guys go. They don't want Rikers. They don't want nobody in jail. They don't want anybody held for bail. They basically, to them, it's thug haven. It, and, it is and, they, and that's what they're, that's what they're calling for. That's what they're allowing. Well, Commissioner, you know, in the midst of this migrant crisis, New York City's leadership is doubling down. Right. They continue to focus on these social issues. Yes. Mayor Eric Adams is praising what he's praising the diversity of his administration. Take a listen. Stand up. They need to see you. Deputy Mayor Williams Ison, Deputy Mayor Mira Josie, Deputy Mayor Amazar, Deputy Mayor Maria Torres Springer. Have you ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? And then go down the line. Look, look who's here. This is representative of the city. 
That's why people are hating on me. So let me get this straight. We not only allow criminals back on the street with the woke DA, but we have a very, what I consider an unserious mayor doing nothing to solve the problems. And Commissioner, here's my problem. He was a cop. Doesn't he know better? Well, well number one, he wasn't a good cop. No, that's, that's, and he worked for me, I know. Uh, number two, uh, I, I, I got to tell you something, serious or not, I've never seen a public official make such a racist statement in my career. And I've been doing this 35, 40 years. I've never heard anybody make a statement like that. Pure racism. Yeah. Um, and number three, you don't appoint people to your administration based on color. You appoint them to your administration based on experience and, and dedication and professionalism yes. and getting the job done. They're, all those people up there, I don't care what color they are and how chocolate they are, they're not getting the job done. If they were getting the job done, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah, well, that's exactly the point, Commissioner. We're, we're st we've become a nation and a city and a state that is so worried about all these woke ideas and about diversifying everything that nobody cares if the job gets done. And who's holding the bag each and every day? The citizens, the people that don't have any say. They're not on the city council. They're not in the, the mayor's office. They're the ones paying the taxes for all of this. It's insanity, if you ask me. Bernie, we can talk about this all night. Commissioner, it's great to have you. Great to see you. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Mike, thank you, sir. Thank you. And coming up, Biden took uh, the podium earlier today to literally gaslight Americans about this border crisis. For much too long, as you all know, the immigration system has been broken. And it's long past time to fix it. All right. Now, was he taking account for the three-year-long mess that he's made? No, not, not so much. This comes as Mallorca survives the House impeachment vote, and we're going to break all that down right after this short break. I heard you weren't too happy with this particular uh, network, Fox, but... watching. Yeah, I, I understand you exactly, but not exactly friendly. Greg Kelly over at Newsmax. The Newsmax people have been really, really terrific. Newsmax has been terrific. President Trump is right. Millions are tired of Fox, and they're switching to Newsmax Plus. It's the fastest growing streaming service in America. You don't need woke Disney and Hulu anymore. Just get Newsmax Plus. Watch the best shows like Greg Kelly, Rob Schmidt, Greta Van Susteren, and Eric Bowling. And get incredible analysis from Dick Morris, Alan Dershowitz, Carrie Lake, Mike Huckabee, and more. It's free to start. So go to NewsmaxPlus.com now to sign up and watch Newsmax anytime, anywhere. Gaslighting galore taken to yet another level. Biden walks in eh, an hour and a half late to deliver yet another divisive, hypocritical speech, this time to state the obvious that our immigration system is broken and to blame it on none other than, you guessed it, Donald Trump and his, quote, MAGA friends. Just take a listen. For much too long, as you all know, the immigration system has been broken. And it's long past time to fix it. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. 
Folks, we've got to move past this toxic politics. We can't let — we can't continue to let petty partisan politics get in the way of our responsibility. You can't make this up. I mean, does Joe need a reminder that this week, three years ago, he was the one who signed 94 executive actions for the border in the first 100 days? Each and every one of those executive orders weakened our border security one signature at a time. While Biden and Democrats urge Congress to pass a disgraceful piece of legislation, it's only going to worsen the border. DHS Secretary Mayorkas barely survives a House impeachment vote. Former acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, and founder and president of Border Security Coalition, Irene Aramendarez Jackson, joins us right now. Good evening to both of you. Good evening. Hello. Great to be here. All right, Secretary, let's get right into this. The House votes against impeachment. Uh, Mayorkas is still holding on by a thread. Your thoughts? Well, it's a disappointing vote. Um, you know, Steve Scalise was not there. Um, had he been there, then and then perhaps uh, the Republicans would have prevailed by a vote. But look, I think this sends an important message, which is about accountability, which I think the American people want. They've looked at this crisis now for three years, and they're saying, what is going on, and who is a, who is going to be held accountable uh, for the worst border crisis? And and that's what House Republicans were entertaining. They came up short. The question is whether they will try again or not. Uh, but overall, a disappointing outcome. Well, we had uh, Congressman uh, Byron Donalds on before, and he said they're going to try again. So he thinks they're going to get the yeah. votes and they're going to do this. So we're going to see. Um, but, Irene, what your thoughts on Biden's remarks early today? Because I, I thought it was rich. Well, I just want to let him know, and I hope he's watching. I am a brown, Hispanic, very proud woman, and I am a MAGA Republican. So the fact that he's act, uh, saying these awful things about MAGAs, that we it's our fault that the border is broken, it just shows again how incompetent he is. And I don't know who he thinks he's fooling. My parents who immigrated to the United States legally are 100% against what is happening right now on the border. And the majority of legal immigrants are against it as well. Yeah, no, listen, I think the polls agree with you. I mean, poll after poll is showing in these primaries, immigration's a big issue. You know, Secretary, I'll go back to you. Over yeah. 16,000 Chinese migrants have been apprehended at the border since October. Now, 60 Minutes reveals their secret into how it all goes down. Take a listen. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step -step instructions for hiring smugglers and detailed directions to that hole we visited. Secretary, this is a massive, growing national security threat. Are we going to wake up and realize what's happening here? Well, it has been a national security threat for three years now. And so when I hear Joe Biden talk about how it's, you know, MAGA Republicans to blame for this crisis, I think it's important to remember for three years they have tried to tell the American people there is no crisis at the border. The border is secure. We have operational control of the border. And now you have President Biden coming out in January of 24 saying, well, the border is actually unsecure and it's because of Republicans. Look, I think most Americans can see right through that. As it relates to the border, you know, the cartels, uh, the smugglers, it's a very complex uh, organization down there. The fact that this has been uh, shared on TikTok and social media platforms 
it's not unsurprising. This is what this is what happens. This is why you need strong and effective border security policies in place, deterrence, so that these individuals don't try this. And uh, we've just we've got the wrong security regime in place, and you're going to see more and more of this over the next year, I believe. Yeah, Irene, let me give you 20 seconds to wrap it up for us. Well, I just want to just remind everybody that in the interview that Eric Adams gave on national TV, he said that the people that were paroled into the United States were here legally. And that is a false statement. Their legal status has not changed. They are here illegally. That's why they can't work. But Americans need to get involved in the legal in the election right. process. That's how we get our border back. That's get exactly involved right. locally. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Secretary Wolf, Irene Aramandaris Jackson, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And the race to the 2024 presidential race is underway with the Nevada Democratic and Republican primary kicking off tonight. The latest on these primaries right after the break. The race towards the 2024 election heats up and there's lots to talk about. Nevada is hosting a primary tonight and the caucuses on Thursday, but it's really just for show. Delegates will only be awarded to the winner of the caucuses. Now, Nikki Haley's alone on the primary ballot tonight and Trump runs unopposed in the caucuses on Thursday, meaning another win for Trump. Now, his success is not slowing down. Earlier tonight, he encouraged Nikki Haley to drop out, writing in a Truth Social post, Failed political candidate Nikki Haley, who lost Iowa and New Hampshire to my record-breaking numbers in both states, is about to lose Nevada and Indiana and then South Carolina, her home state, where the people who know her best do not like her. She's also losing to crooked Joe Biden in almost all polls. She's just wasting time and money. <laughs> Classic Trump. Joining us now is political analyst Mark Halpern and CPAC chairman Matt Schlapp. Gentlemen, welcome. Appreciate having you on tonight. Great to be with you. See you, Michael. I'll tell you, I chuckle every. I, I find him to be very uh, entertaining. Love him, hate him. You can't deny he's an entertainer. But Mark, let me start with you. What does Nevada really mean? I mean, uh, it, it, she's not going to drop out uh, when she loses Nevada. Am I right? Michael, it's an odd situation. Normally, political failure in primaries and caucuses correlates with an inability to raise money and forces a candidate out of the race. Even losing, Nikki Haley continues to raise money, including grassroots money. And so if, if she's only going to drop out when she runs out of money, she's going to be in third lead Super Tuesday. The Trump team really wants her out. You'll continue to see her pressure, particularly after what most expect to be a big win in South Carolina for President Trump. But I think right now, if I were betting, I bet she goes to Super Tuesday. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Matt. President Biden gave a campaign speech last night in Las Vegas before tonight's primary, where he, he continued to attack Trump uh, across the board with, I mean, completely baseless claims. Just let's take a listen. Now, imagine the nightmare if Donald Trump's reelected. No, 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 no. By the way, this is the guy who, when he was in France and he was they asked him to go to an American cemetery in France from World War II where Americans were buried. You know what he said? He said those folks buried in that cemetery were suckers and losers. Suckers and losers, the guy said. All right, well, this definitely isn't helping his poll numbers. I mean, to attack the candidate that more Americans are supporting, is it, does this make sense? 
you know, um, I just find this to be the most interesting of political times. And I think Joe Biden is, you know, polls show it. He's got the second lowest presidential approval uh, in modern times uh, since polling was invented. And he's got a tough position, you know, uh, inside the Beltway where Mercy and I live. Democrats feel like the only chance Joe Biden has to win a second term is if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. When you punch outside the beltway and go around the country, only then do you realize the strength that Donald Trump has around the country, even if Democrats in New York City and Washington, D.C. just don't get it. The fact is the Democrats are on a collision course to lose the White House because they don't really have much to stand on. The numbers on the economy are terrible. The number on America standing overseas are terrible, and they have this huge ethical cloud over them with Biden Incorporated, Hunter Biden, and the White House counsel coordinating with Fonnie Willis and her boyfriend on the prosecution in Georgia. They've been coordinating all these prosecutions, and it doesn't look good. No, when uh, it doesn't look like they're out to to set to do what's right by the law, but to get rid of their their general election opponent. Yeah, and then and then claim that they're, that they're trying to save democracy by by imprisoning their opponents. Mark, Trump's legal cases. I mean, they're they're pretty much center stage in this election season. So the Washington Post today reported that the DOJ report on Biden's classified documents will be coming soon, but the criminal charges are not expected. So, how could this change the race, if at all? Well, Michael, I'm particularly interested in something The Washington Post said in that story they don't know, which is the nature of the documents that Joe Biden had. We all know that there's massive overclassification of documents. How, how sensitive were the documents that he claims he inadvertently took? According to the Post story, it's based, they're going to say it's based on shoddy staff work. But I think people are going to want to know just how sensitive those secrets were that he had uh, in his garage or, or in his office in Washington. And, uh, and I think this is going to be a classic case of everybody's going to choose the, uh, the facts that they want to choose from this episode to compare the apple to the apple or the apple to the orange between the Trump and Biden cases. Yeah. The only thing I'll say in that, remember, this is when Joe Biden had retired as vice president. As vice president, he doesn't have the constitutional ability to declassify anything. So it really is an orange to Trump's apple where... As a former president, you have the right to declassify things. So Joe Biden's legal position as vice president with classified documents is much more tenuous. 100%. We're going to have to leave it there, gentlemen. Appreciate your insight. Mark Halpern, uh, Max Schlapp, thank you. Good to see you both. And we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Yesterday, it was sadly announced that King Charles was diagnosed with cancer. Luckily, they caught it early. But what does this mean for the future of the British monarchy? We're joined now by Niall Gardner, former advisor to Margaret Thatcher and director of Heritage's Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom and former member of Parliament, John Brown. What is the feeling in the U.K. right now um, about this? Uh, I'll go to you first. Uh, Since you were a member of Parliament, you would probably know best, sir. Uh, Well, basically, I think there's a huge wave of sympathy, which I think will develop into increased support, not just for the monarchy, for being open and keeping up with the times, but also uh, for Prince Charles, now our king, for his personal fortitude and being willing to be open with people, unlike his mother and his grandfather, who kept their cancers secret to the very end. 
And uh, I, you know, having been a cancer survivor myself, I know what a haunting uh, prospect it is to be diagnosed with it. And uh, it's often the cause, in my view, of friends I've lost to cancer of stress, either mental or physical stress. Yes. And I feel very sorry for him, and I think he will, in a way, benefit from it because he'll gain great support at home. And Mr. Gardner, what, what does this mean for the future of the monarchy? If, if King Charles is expected to be, you know, stepping down from some appearances, would Prince William be stepping up or, and filling his shoes? What can we expect? Well, well think, thank you for having me uh, on the show uh, today. And uh, uh, without any doubt, of course, the British people are rallying around uh, the king uh, at, this, at this time. Uh, the monarchy is actually in very strong uh, shape overall. Uh, king Charles uh, is proving to be a very popular uh, monarch. And also, of course, the future of the monarchy is very uh, secure uh, with, uh, with Prince William and his children. Uh, and so I think the long-term future of the monarchy remains very robust, uh, very strong. Certainly, Prince William is expected to play uh, a larger role in the coming months. Uh, he is somebody who uh, I think is, is greatly admired already by the British public. Uh, and I expect that uh, Prince William will certainly be stepping forward, playing a very leading uh, role, certainly standing in for his father wherever needed. Uh, but certainly, uh, King Charles, I think, has every intention of, uh, of continuing his duties as much as possible. Uh, he, he's a very strong figure, and I think that King Charles will do everything he can to continue, of course, leading and also serving uh, the British people. Well, I can tell you that I, from everyone that I know here in the United States, we're all um, having uh, solid, thoughtful prayers and wishing um, him very well in a speedy recovery. Uh, as, as everyone knows, we're, we're great allies and we can see that continuing, but we wish him Godspeed uh, with his recovery. May I just mention that I think with Prince Harry coming back, especially without his wife, it's going to present an opportunity uh, for a, a, a peace. And uh, I think that's a very positive factor. That's, that's a great point. Niall and John, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate it very much. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Now, before we go, we wanted to uh, remember a true American patriot who passed away today, country music icon Toby Keith. He passed away at 62 years old after a very tough battle with stomach cancer. He was larger-than-life singer-songwriter known for many country anthems, a man who never shied away from blasting his love for America, something that we don't get enough of this, in, this, in this country. May he rest in peace. And that's all we have for tonight. I'm Michael Grimm. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Have a great rest of your evening, and stay right here because The Right Squad with Chris Plant starts right now.